Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. It's interesting when we discuss the Constitution, when we hear about it in the media, on TV and radio, when we read about it, all it ever talks about is the authority of the House. The House shall have the sole power when it comes to impeachment. And therefore, a logical conclusion is reached that the House can do whatever it wants. The House can do whatever it wants. Is that what the impeachment clause of the Constitution says? The House can do whatever it wants, or that it's just a political matter, so there is no standard? No, there's actually language in the Constitution as to the basis for impeachment. There's ambiguity that surrounds the language, but not completely. We know the history. And what the purpose of the impeachment clauses are in the Constitution with the House bringing impeachment and the Senate conducting the trial and the Chief Justice of the United States overseeing the trial, the supermajority to remove a president, that's all intended to check a House of Representatives that might be out of control, might be controlled by a faction. That's what they called it. Well, the House of Representatives today is controlled by a faction. And unlike the Clinton or Nixon cases of modern time, uh, they are trying to railroad the president. They're not allowing the president to defend himself. They're not allowing the president to present any evidence. They're not allowing the minority to call witnesses or issue subpoenas. And in the past, whether it was Clinton or Nixon, again, in modern history, they were free to do exactly that. Now, you might say, that's not a trial. This is like a grand jury that's handled in the Senate. No, that's not true. That's not true. The battle begins in the House. And there are due processes that in the past have been put in place in order to not just steamroll a president, but steamroll his electorate. So let's start this a little differently. Let's pretend you're in constitutional law class. Rather than focus exclusively on the House of Representatives, what are the president's constitutional duties in an impeachment inquiry? What are the president's constitutional duties in an impeachment inquiry? What does the Constitution say a president must do in the case of a House impeachment inquiry? It doesn't say anything. It doesn't say anything. There's less said about the president and what his response must be or should be vis-a-vis a impeachment inquiry than the House. 
So when you hear people say the House of Representatives has complete power and that a president must bend to the House of Representatives, that's not what the Constitution says. That's number one. What if a president doesn't believe he can even defend himself in the face of an impeachment inquiry process that prevents him from effectively even participating in his own defense? What if a president doesn't believe he can even defend himself, which is pretty much the situation right now? What's he supposed to do? And injustice is injustice, whether it's in an impeachment proceeding or whether it's in a court of law in a criminal or civil context. It's understood that you should be able to defend yourselves. The framers understood that a president needed to be able to defend himself. And even though they created the impeachment process initiated in the House, they were very skeptical of it, very concerned about it, which is why they didn't leave everything in the House. So is a president required to comply with every subpoena, every demand for documents, every witness out of the executive branch, if he's unable to defend himself? If one party has effectively taken control of the impeachment process in the House and is steamrolling the other party and is steamrolling the president, who's the target of the impeachment inquiry? No, the Constitution doesn't say that. Now, the fact that we have a president who chooses to handle this differently than past presidents, and the fact that we have a House of Representatives that started this process and chooses to conduct itself differently than the last two presidential impeachment inquiries, what does that mean? It means they create novel questions. Novel questions. Let me ask you another question. Does a president have a responsibility to defend his office? That is the office of the presidency. Separation of powers duty. To prevent one party in the House from, under any test or standard, railroading not just him, but future presidents. After all, the president and the vice president are the only officials elected nationwide. The only, the only two. So doesn't he have a duty to uphold the Constitution independent of impeachment? Doesn't he have a duty to protect the office of the presidency independent of impeachment? Doesn't he have a duty to challenge what he believes is a rogue impeachment inquiry that seeks to railroad him and would therefore create a terrible precedent for future presidents? I think he does. There's nothing unconstitutional or unlawful about the president's response to his lawyer on the October 8 letter, whether people agree with the letter or not. People say that letter's political. Well, it's no more political than what the Democrats in the House are doing, but it's also legal. It makes the argument for due process in various ways. I don't believe the courts are going to get involved. They'll consider it a political question, at least not in any significant way. And they'll let the political bodies handle it. But why is it said that the impeachment process is purely political, but the president must comply with any demands that are made by the House, that is, the Democrats in the House? 
Well, but his response can be political too, I assume. His hands aren't tied. Again, there's two differences here than the, from the recent past. The Democrats in this House have decided to go it alone, have decided to uh, drive ahead, have decided really to make it almost impossible for the president to defend himself, to present evidence, to examine those witnesses, the party opposite calls, and so forth and so on. And that's not <coughs> excuse me, just meant for the Senate. This is what takes place in the House traditionally, too. And this president has reacted to that in a way that many presidents might not. He said, okay, you're going to stiff me, I'm going to stiff you. You're going to railroad me, I'm not going to participate in you railroading me. Moreover, I'm going to protect the office of the presidency so future presidents don't have to go through this. Isn't he at least on as high as ground as the Democrats in the House, if not higher ground, since it is they who have triggered this process? Think about what I'm telling you, because it's not being discussed anywhere. Anywhere. Now, the president has to make a calculation, any president does. And that is that his battle with the House of Representatives might turn off certain individuals in the Senate. If and when the matter reaches the Senate. But in the case of Donald Trump, does he really have anything to lose? No, he doesn't. If the Democrats in control of the House of Representatives are going to use all the levers of power in that institution, they've already said to impeach the president. It's only a matter of trying to set up the so-called evidence and write the so-called articles to the exclusion of the Republicans, to the exclusion of the president and his ability to defend himself. Why should the president participate in such a process? A process that is such uh, so antithetical to what we know and we believe in the Western world. It is utterly unjust, whether it's a court or not a court. And so I wanted to lay that foundation for you because it's not being discussed, the perspective of the executive branch protecting the office of the presidency, what the Constitution says about the president's requirements under these circumstances, it says nothing. And if the House is conducting itself, that is the Democrat majority, politically, quote-unquote, then why can't the president? But the answer is it's not purely a political matter. And what the House, through the Democrats... What the Democrats have done here is outrageous. It's outrageous. Well, they have the power to do it, and the power also rests in the president to tell them, I'm not participating. I'll be right back. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. 
While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College. It's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. Impeachment was debated at great length at the Constitutional Convention. The question was, who could impeach a president? The Congress? The House? Should the Supreme Court be able to participate? How should this work? Governor Morris said the executive is also to be impeachable. This is from Madison's notes. He said, this is a dangerous part of the plan. It will hold him in such dependence that he will be no check on the legislature. Jefferson used to talk about the tyranny of the legislature. Will not be a firm guardian of the people and of the public interest. He will be the tool of a faction of some leading demagogue in the legislature. These then are the faults of the executive establishment as now proposed. Can no better establishment be devised? If he is to be the guardian of the people, let him be appointed by the people. If he is to be a check on the legislature, let him not be impeachable. Let him be of short duration, that he may with proprietary be re-eligible. It's been said that the candidates for this office will not be known to the people. If they be known to the legislature, they must have such notoriety and eminence of character that they cannot possibly be unknown to the people at large. It cannot be possible that a man shall have sufficiently distinguished himself to merit this high trust without having his character proclaimed by fame throughout the empire. As to the danger from an unimpeachable magistrate, he cannot regard it as formidable. There must be certain great officers of state, a minister of finance, of war, foreign affairs, etc. These, he presumes, will exercise their functions in subordination to the executive will be amenable by impeachment to the public justice. Without these ministers, the executive can do nothing of consequence. Morris would later change his mind on the issue of impeachment. Colonel Mason, George Mason, spoke up. No point is of more importance than that the right of impeachment should be continued. Shall any man be above justice? Above all, shall that man be above it who can commit the most extensive injustice? When great crimes were committed, he was for punishing the principal as well as the coadjutors. There had been much debate and difficulty as to the mode of choosing the executive, to the mode. He approved of that, which he had been adopt, adopted at first, namely of referring the appointment to the national legislature. One objection against electors was the danger of their being corrupted by the candidates. 
And this furnished a peculiar reason in favor of impeachments whilst in office. Shall the man who has practiced corruption and by the means procured his appointment in the first instance be suffered to escape punishment by repeating his guilt? So, (coughs) So Mason was for strongly impeachment. But what kind of impeachment? Later, James Madison thought it indispensable that some provision should be made for defending the community against the incapacity, negligence, or perfidy of the chief magistrate. The limitation of the period of his service was not a sufficient security. He must lose his capacity after his appointment. He might pervert his administration into a scheme of peculation or oppression. He might betray his trust to foreign powers. The case of the executive magistrate was very distinguishable from that of the legislature or any other public body holding offices of limited duration. And he goes on. Pickney speaks up. Pickney did not see the necessity of impeachments. He was sure they ought not to issue from the legislature, who would in that case hold them as a rod over the executive, and by that means effectually destroy his independence. His revisionary power in particular would be rendered altogether insignificant. So there was this concern that the power to impeach and remove a president was a power to destroy his independence and his authority under Article 2. Much later in the debate, Colonel Mason, why is the provision restrained to treason and bribery only? Treason is defined in the Constitution, will not reach many great and dangerous offenses. Attempts to subvert the Constitution may not be treason, as above defined, as bills of attainder, which have saved the British Constitution, are forbidden. It is the more necessary to extend the power of impeachments. And he moved to add after bribery or maladministration. Madison rose. He said, so vague a term will be equivalent to a tenure during the pleasure of the Senate. Mason withdrew maladministration and substitutes other high crimes and misdemeanors against the state. And then they voted. And they discussed later the trial where it should take place. And they decided the Senate. They decided a supermajority vote to prevent a president, they felt, from being railroaded by a house that could be controlled by a specific faction. And that would undermine the independence of a president. This is why I felt it important to read some of this to you from the Constitutional Convention in Madison's notes. By objecting to the way the Democrats in the House of Representatives are handling impeachment, by preventing the President from effectively defending himself, and the Republicans from effectively participating in the process, you have a runaway Democrat Party that has hijacked the impeachment process in the House of Representatives. And a president's not required to respond to every letter and subpoena as a result of such a process if he chooses not to. There's no constitutional compunction that he do. And instead, he's fighting it. I'll be right back. Liberty and learning. In a healthy democracy, these two things are mutually supportive. In America today, however, that bond is broken. 
To help repair the breach, Hillsdale College has launched the Van Andel Graduate School of Government in the nation's capital. And unlike other graduate programs, Hillsdale teaches politics as a human activity oriented toward justice. A series of choices guided in the best case by right principles, but made in ever-changing circumstances that require prudence to achieve the best attainable results. Hillsdale's curriculum combines the careful reading of primary sources and serious historical inquiry. Students learn how to apply the principles of free government and advance the cause of constitutionalism in the context of ever-changing circumstances. Hillsdale's new Van Andel School of Government is a program unlike any other in Washington, D.C., Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You just have to be logical, rational, and informed about the Constitution, unravel this stuff. You have people saying, well, this is a political process. But the president must comply. It's actually a constitutional process. Obviously, politics play a role. But there's real language in the Constitution. And the House and the Senate have a role, as does the Chief Justice. It's not just a political process, unless you think the Constitution is simply a political document. It is a governing document. It is a governing document. And I read to you, maybe... 20% of the debate on impeachment at the Constitutional Convention moments ago. And nowhere do they say this is purely a political process. They spent a lot of brain power on trying to figure out how best to do this. They came up with a pretty good process until the Democrat Party today decided to blow it up. Decided to blow it up. There's absolutely nothing in the Constitution that compels a president to comply with a House of Representatives that is conducting itself this way, where he's not even able to defend himself. And I suspect if there was a constitutional convention today, they'd be appalled at what's taking place. And yet, they predicted the possibility of a faction in the House trying to bring down a a duly elected president. And they resisted this. That's why they they enlist the role of the United States Senate. And they weren't sure whether to give it to the Senate. They flirted with the Supreme Court. They had been flirting with something called a judicial council. They were flirting with that. And you could see the back and forth among these great minds that took place. But there's simply nothing in our history, certainly nothing at the Constitutional Convention, nothing in the Johnson, Nixon, and Clinton impeachments that give any support for what Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are doing in the House today. Can they do it? It's hard to stop them. But the Senate is there to police them. That's why I keep saying that. It's very, very important that the Senate take its role seriously and not just hold a trial based on what Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are doing. The president is unable to present evidence. He's unable to suggest witnesses. 
his counsel is not even allowed to participate in closed-door sessions. So he has no idea what's being discussed in these sessions, and yet he's the target of the inquiry. The Republicans are not able to participate in this process in any substantive way. So this isn't really an impeachment inquiry. It's not an inquiry at all. In trying to load up their their charges. And then if you don't comply with a letter or a subpoena, they'll throw that into the mix as obstruction. Not obstruction of justice. This is not a justice system. It would be obstruction of the House. Not justice. Now, under these circumstances, this president is fighting them. Now, this is confusing some people. Under what authority is he fighting them? What authority does he have to fight them? What do you mean, what authority does he have to fight them? He's not an appendage of the House of Representatives, let alone the Democrat Party. He's elected nationally. He's the President of the United States. He represents the executive branch, and he needs to protect the future of the office of the presidency. That's the authority he has to fight them. And he should fight them. He should fight them. These Democrats have been looking for a reason to impeach him for a long, long time. The Mueller report didn't do it. That was an impeachment report. Mueller's testimony destroyed them. And any uh, support there had been for that? You've got massive numbers of subpoenas going up for the president's financial records, his tax records, his business activities, his family members, his former staffers, former executives, current staffers. There's so many subpoenas flying around against this president, it's hard to know what's not being subpoenaed. This is unprecedented. And this has only been occurring since the Democrats took over the House. It's not a bipartisan or nonpartisan process. And I'm not talking about politically. I'm talking about in terms of rules, which is the way these matters have been handled in the past. You have a vote on the floor of the House for a reason. But this is being handled quite differently. They don't have any evidence of serious wrongdoing. They don't have any evidence of wrongdoing, period. They don't have any evidence of criminal activity. We just had a special counsel that spent two and a half years and $40 million, 400 witnesses, 2,800 subpoenas, and on and on and on. Nothing. Now, the Democrats try to project their, their, their objectives on top of it, but it doesn't matter. And they go around saying the president is a criminal, the president's violating the Constitution, while they're doing an impeachment inquiry, so they claim. And what's misunderstood here is the president is not required to sit there and take it. The president is not required to simply provide the Democrats in the House of Representatives with whatever they want, whenever they want it. This isn't a traditional hearing This isn't a traditional oversight activity that's taking place. The president himself is the target of this process. If the president cannot defend himself, if he cannot 
be afforded the opportunity to persuade members of the wrongness of their views and the right, rightness of his views, then there's nothing to debate. Then it's not a process of any kind. Not a process that's familiar to Western civilization. To the Soviet Union, yes. To communist China, yes. But not to this country. As I say, this process and the way the Democrats are handling it, this hasn't been done, certainly not in modern times. And notice how none of this is discussed other than at the surface level in the media. The first 40 minutes of this program. And they dig up these Ivy League school professors who they claim are experts, who say all the wrong things. Who go on and on about how the president must provide this, must provide that. Based on what? Based on what? You see, even in a situation like impeachment, typically, there's some level of civility. Even though tensions are very high, very high. But there's some level of civility. There's a recognition that there must be some level of fairness. But that's not the case now. That's not the case at all. So civility is gone. And Nancy Pelosi is the driving force behind it. She's the speaker. She controls the floor. And she's decided to make this a Democrat impeachment process. Extremely political. Not constitutional in most respects. And there's lots of evidence for this, including the fact that we have an election coming up in less than 13 months. And yet they're going through this process. How else do we know? Because Adam Schiff, the chairman of the committee, is probably the sleaziest of any member of the House of Representatives. And he repeatedly lies, including lying about his office, his staffer, meeting with the phony whistleblower. That information was passed on the Schiff, who obviously passed it on to Nancy Pelosi. Nobody has asked Nancy Pelosi about this. Not one reporter. What did she know and when did she know it? It's a complete setup. We have the transcript of the phone call. It's all we need. And you know what? I'll use the word. It exonerates the president. There's clearly no quid pro quo. And the president of the Ukraine and the president of the United States have said over and over and over again there was no pressure. There were no threats. And the transcript doesn't show any pressure or threats. And so they have to rely on this phony whistleblower, this rogue, Democrat, partisan, CIA operative, who clearly was spying. Call it whatever you want gathering information against the President of the United States. And then you have a weak or worse Inspector General who changes his form at some point, which accommodates this rogue CIA operative, to file what is nothing more than an op-ed or legal brief prepared by lawyers on his behalf now enabling him to wrap himself as a whistleblower and his complaint as a whistleblower complaint, even though it doesn't apply to the president 
under the urgent concern standard, because the president is not an employee of the intelligence community, and nor are the issues involved here relevant to the urgent concern provision in the statute. Then we're told the president was so concerned about this phone call that he and or his staff had the transcript placed on a classified server because he didn't want anyone to see it. Well, nobody's supposed to see it. But that said, here's another example of a pseudo-event, a phony argument. The president can protect that document from disclosure through the assertion of executive privilege, and that executive privilege wouldn't be overturned by any court in the land. Not ultimately. A discussion between a president and a president that is confidential, no court, no serious court, would force him to release that. So this issue of whether it was on a classified or secured server is utterly irrelevant. It's of no consequence whatsoever. But the Democrats now want to keep secret the identity of the rogue, Democrat, partisan, CIA operative. Again, meaning the President of the United States, through his counsel, has no way of questioning the chief accuser, who's accusing him based on secondhand information. You, you understand what's taking place here. It is a star chamber. It is a rogue operation where they're trying to railroad him. And even worse, they're trying to railroad you and me. We put him in office. We're not simply spectators here. We want to know about this rogue, Democrat, partisan, CIA operative. We want to know about his lawyers. We want to know about the 18 days it took between the time of the phone call and the time he filed his complaint. We want to know all about the complaint, the participants in the complaint. These are basic questions, basic inquiries that we, the people, have a right to. Because it's our government. And almost 63 million of us voted for this president. And we're not going to leave it to an abuse of the Whistleblower Act, a feckless, independent uh, inspector general, to the connivings of Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi and the Democrat Party, and the abuse of power. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S, dot hillsdale, dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. So right now we have the tyranny of the legislature, which has gone rogue and is trying to railroad a president, that is the Democrat Party majority that has a fairly tight majority, by the way, in the House of Representatives, not some kind of overwhelming majority. And as soon as they got that majority, they immediately moved towards impeachment. Immediately. It's exactly what the framers were concerned about. I read you some of their comments. You don't need some Ivy League law professor who's spinning all this stuff to tell you what to think. I just read some of it to you. And I think that's important, and that's the value of this kind of a format, by the way. Yes, I have a horrible cold. Every time I get on an airplane, it happens. Some guy behind me is sneezing and coughing, and he was doing it again. And a damn thing you can do about it, but say, all right, here we go. Let's take a call here, then. Alex, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Thank you for taking my call, Mark. I was wondering if prior to any impeachment hearing in the Senate, does the Senate Intelligence Committee have any oversight authority into investigating the whistleblower's campaign? And it it wouldn't go to the Senate. It would go to the full Senate to hold a trial. They can also call witnesses, take testimony, look at documents, and so forth and so on, uh, to answer your question. My argument has been, that the Senate must police what's taking place in the House because only the Senate can. No court's going to do it. And the Senate must say, as the Constitution provides, and the Senate must say, this was rogue, this was a railroad, the president, his team had no opportunity, uh, and we are not going to give the uh, rubber stamp of approval in the United States Senate to what's taking place in the other body. As a matter of fact, the framers left it to us to fix this. So we're going to fix it. And what I suggested, and it's been picked up here and there, is that Mitch McConnell exercise the nuclear option. Now what that means is, since it takes apparently 67 votes to change the rules with respect to impeachment, according to Mitch McConnell in these various newspaper interviews, what he needs to do then is treat this as a uh, judicial matter, even though it's more important than a judicial matter. And the way this works is he calls up the question that he wants to dismiss the charges brought against the president by the House. He asks the parliamentarian if he can do it by a mere majority. The parliamentarian will rule that he cannot. Then he moves the Senate to overturn the, parliament, the parliamentarian's decision, which they can do by a simple majority. And that is the nuclear option. They overturn it by a simple majority. And that's how it works. I'll be back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. I want to talk about repression by China and how it is spreading even further than we discussed last night in our society because of the links that have been created by these various corporations and sport leagues. And I hear uh, Charles Barkley was attacking everybody who was questioning the NBA and the players for what they were doing, kowtowing to this uh, genocidal regime. And he said, hey, look, there's billions of dollars involved. What the hell do you expect them to do? You know, Charles, you are at times quite the idiot. Quite the idiot. We speak out against genocide. We speak out against slavery. We speak out against these sorts of things because it's the right thing to do. And your kind of answer, if you look back in history, is the answer of people who are repressive and oppressive. Well, what'd you expect us to do? We were making money, you know, blah, blah, blah. Tyrants of all kinds have used that as an excuse. Stupid. What you said is stupid. And what they're saying is stupid. There's a piece in the Federalist today by Madeleine Osborne. Fourteen times U.S. companies self-censored or apologized to appease China. Meanwhile, they call Trump a dictator. ESPN tells anchors not to discuss Hong Kong politics. The news director at ESPN, the cable channel that's always eager to discuss politics more than sports, sent a memo to staff this week forbidding shows to discuss the politics of Hong Kong protesters when reporting on the NBA China story. Shows were instructed to stick to the basketball-related issues. Instead, Deadspin reported an unconfirmed but possible explanation of the network's hesitation. could be fear of upsetting Tencent the giant Chinese digital publisher that ESPN made a broadcasting deal with in 2016. Well, their appeasement didn't work. Theirs are the NBAs, because the uh, Chinese are pulling down their posters and uh, doing what that repressive regime does. Another example, number two, Vans removes pro-Hong Kong shoe design. The skateboard apparel company Vans held an online global shoe design competition allowing anyone to submit designs for the public to vote on. When one participant submitted a design alluding to the protests in Hong Kong, Vans removed the design from the competition. The design featured a red bahinia, the flower on Hong Kong's flag, and one of the yellow umbrellas synonymous with the city's 2014 pro-democracy protest. As a brand that is open to everyone, we have never taken a political position and therefore review designs to ensure they are in line with our company's long-held values of respect and tolerance, the brand wrote in a Facebook post. Number three, Paramount removes Taiwanese flag from Top Gun movie. A trailer released in July for the new Top Gun movie revealed that Tom Cruise's character Maverick does not have the same flag patches on his jacket from the original movie. The jacket in the new film shows that the original film's Japanese and Taiwanese flags commemorating a tour of the USS Galveston are now missing and replaced with generic indistinguishable flags. Number four, 
Nike removes Houston Rockets merchandise from online store in China. The Houston Rockets are the most popular NBA team in China, mostly thanks to the Rockets' drafting of Chinese player Yao Ming in 2002. But after backlash against the Rockets in China escalated over general manager Daryl Morey's pro-Hong Kong tweet last week, Nike decided to yank Rockets merchandise from their web store in China. Number five, MGM. MGM changes villain in Red Dawn from China to North Korea. In 2011, when MGM produced a remake of the 1984 film Red Dawn, they originally filmed the movie with invading Chinese troops. But the Chinese were outraged, and with millions of dollars at the Chinese box offices on the line, the producers decided to digitally switch out the flags and uniforms to show national symbols of North Korea instead of China. Number six. Apple removes emoji, protest map, and data agreements. Apple's ties with China run deep. Their questionable business decisions in China go beyond offensive emojis, but include those two. In a recent software update, Apple removed the Taiwanese flag emoji from the keyboard for users in Hong Kong and Macau. (coughs) In another act of censorship on behalf of China, Apple blocked an app made by pro-democracy Hong Kong protesters to display a map of live protests and police activity. Developers of the app said Apple's App Store prohibited the app as promoting illegal activity, even though Waze provides similar information about law enforcement locations. And after much outcrying criticism, Apple finally allowed the app on on in the App Store. In 2018, Apple was criticized for moving its Chinese iCloud operations to a location in China and hosting its encryption keys in China instead of the U.S. for the first time. The major concern is the Chinese government could force Apple to give the regime access to its users' iCloud data and encryption information. Number seven, 21 brands apologized for disobeying the One China principle. It began with an apology from brands like Gap and Coach in 2018, who made t-shirt designs with a map of China without Taiwan. But after the protests in Hong Kong broke out, users online and Chinese state media began a witch hunt. They demanded apologies from every luxury clothing brand that made erroneous representations, quote-unquote, of China on their website shipping options or their region or language menu options. Listing Taiwan or Hong Kong as separate countries from China is an immediate offense. A host of hotel chains and airlines were also threatened by Chinese authorities to not list Taiwan as a country on their websites. Here are the brands that made changes or apologized for violating the One China Principle or damaging China's territorial integrity, quote-unquote. ASICS, Gap, Zara, Calvin Klein, Versace, Givenchy, Fresh, Valentino, uh, Swarovski, Samsung, Ray-Ban, Qantas, Air France, Air Canada, British Airways, Malaysia Airlines, Japan Airlines, American Airlines, Marriott, Medtronic, Global Blue. Number eight. Google deletes game about Hong Kong protests from App Store. Developers who created a game called The Revolution of Our Times about protests in Hong Kong were notified their game was suspended from the Google Play Store. We don't allow apps that allow reasonable sensitivity 
towards or capitalize on a natural disaster, atrocity, conflict, death, or other tragic event, Google wrote. A link to the game now goes to an error page in the Google Play Store. I feel so far f- sad for the people in Hong Kong. So sad. Look what's happening here. Number nine. Video game company Blizzard suspends user for saying liberate Hong Kong. This really strikes at my heart because this is a company that I really admire. I've gone to many of their conventions with my son Chase. Activision Blizzard is a publicly traded video company based in Santa Monica, California. Blizzard suspended one of its professional users, Chung Blitzchung Ing Wei, and rescinded $3,000 he won in a recent tor- tournament. His offense? Expressing support for Hong Kong protesters. They also prohibited him from playing in their esports tournaments for a year. Liberate Hong Kong, revolution of our time, Chung said while wearing ski goggles and a gas mask like many Hong Kong protesters. Unbelievable. Number 10. Marvel creates white woman character instead of Tibetan monk in Doctor Strange. When Disney-owned Marvel made the movie adaption of the comic book, Dr. Strange writers chose to make the ancient one a white woman, played by Tilda Swinton, instead of the comic's original Tibetan monk character. He originates from Tibet, said the movie screenwriter Robert Cargill on a podcast, so if you acknowledge that Tibet is a place and that he's Tibetan, you risk alienating one billion people who think that's bull blank and risk the Chinese government going, hey... You know, one of the biggest film-watching countries in the world, we're not going to show your movie because you decided to get political. You know, let me say this, because it's on my mind. Thank God none of these organizations or people were around during slavery in the Civil War. Thank God. Because if they were making a buck off of slavery, I think they would have supported it. Now you know what a great man Abraham Lincoln was. Truly. Truly. These leftists, these corporations, their boards, they look back in history and they wonder why people tolerated this or tolerated that or didn't stand up to this or didn't stand up to that. Now look at them, including the NBA superstars. Look at them. No moral clarity there. No guts whatsoever. Number 11, Tiffany takes down photo of model covering one eye. Tiffany and company found itself blasted by Chinese consumers <coughs> excuse me, over an ad with a model wearing a Tiffany ring on her right hand as it covers her right eye. Apparently, Chinese consumers on social media thought the pose was the same one often used by protesters in Hong Kong demanding democracy. We regret that it may be perceived as such and in turn have removed the image from our digital and social media channels and will discontinue its use effective immediately, said a Tiffany spokesman. 14 of these. Number 12. Washington Post takes money to print Chinese propaganda. This is an example of an apology or censorship, but American business is abandoning their principles in exchange for Chinese money. As Mark Hemingway reports at the Federalist, several times a year the paper copy of the Washington Post is delivered wrapped in a section called China Watch. The fine print of the section reads, This supplement, prepared by China Daily, People's Republic of China, did not involve the news or editorial departments of the Washington Post. (coughs) Here's how China Daily 
covered the uh, Hong Kong protests. The protests, organized by several Hong Kong social groups, also condemned foreign entities for misleading young people in the city, and it goes on. Chalking up the Hong Kong protests, the U.S. interference in misleading young people, is just one of the many lies Beijing has told the people of Hong Kong and mainland China. This is the same variety of propaganda that the Washington Post is taking money to print and distribute in the Washington, D.C. area. 13. Marriott Hotels again. Marriott fired an employee who liked the tweet by a Friends of Tibet account. (laughs) Quote, due to the mistake of an individual employee, our official Twitter account wrongly liked the tweet supporting the Tibet independence and misled the public. We've now suspended this employee and dismissal proceedings are underway, said Craig Smith, president and managing director of Asia Pacific for Marriott International. Shame on you people. You disgust me. 14. Mercedes-Benz apologized for quoting the Dalai Lama. Last year, Mercedes-Benz apologized for a benign Instagram post that featured a white car and a quote from the Dalai Lama. The car company faced backlash from Chinese internet users who called the peace figure a wolf in monk's robes who is seeking Tibetan independence through spiritual terrorism. Even though we deleted the related information as soon as possible, we know this has hurt the feelings of the people of this country, Mercedes said in a post on Chinese social media. Hurt the feelings of the Chinese people is a phrase often used by Chinese government officials in their state-run media. Unbelievable. The cowards in corporate America, the cowards on the left, these cowards, these sports figures in the NBA, what a joke. But don't worry. They'll protest the president. They won't go to the White House. Like that's some kind of big deal. They go up a few levels with their friends in their social circles. And no Charles Barkley. There's no defense for genocide, slavery, rape, and torture on a mass scale. And there's no defense, none, for turning your back on the people of Hong Kong who want freedom, just like you have. I'll be right back. Lovin. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Well, now we have some real news here, ladies and gentlemen. As the information comes out bit by bit, breaking news. Washington Examiner, Joe Biden. Joe Biden worked with whistleblower when he was vice president, officials reveal. Rob Crilly, 
The 2020 Democratic candidate with whom the CIA whistleblower had a professional tie is Joe Biden, according to intelligence officers and former White House officials. Lawyers for the whistleblower said he had worked only in the executive branch. Well, they lie. The Washington Examiner has established that he is a career CIA analyst who was detailed to the National Security Council at the White House and has since left. On September 26, the New York Times reported he was a CIA officer. On October 4th, the newspaper added that he was detailed to the National Security Council at one point. Michael Atkinson, the intelligence community's inspector general, told members of Congress that the whistleblower had a professional tie to a 2020 Democratic candidate. He had written earlier that while the whistleblower's complaint was credible, he showed, quote, some indicia of an arguable political bias in favor of a rival political candidate, unquote. A retired CIA officer told the Washington Examiner, from everything we know about the whistleblower and his work in the executive branch, there's absolutely no doubt he would have been working with Biden when he was vice president. As an experienced CIA official on the NSC with deep knowledge of Ukraine that he demonstrated in his complaint, it is probable the whistleblower briefed Biden and likely that he accompanied him on Air Force Two during at least one of six visits the 2020 candidate made to the country. A former Trump administration official speaking on condition of anonymity to discuss intelligence matters said Biden's work on foreign affairs brought him in the close proximity with the whistleblower either at the CIA or when he was detailed to the White House. Quote, this person, after working with Biden, may feel defensive toward him because he feels Biden is being falsely attacked. Maybe he's even talking to Biden's staff, the former official said. Maybe he's innocent. Maybe it is not. Last month, the whistleblower accused President Trump of abusing his position, as you know. Biden was President Obama's point man on the Ukraine. The whistleblower has ties to one of my Democratic opponents, tweeted Trump, after the professional link was revealed by the Washington Times. Why does the, the uh, intelligence community IG allow this game to continue? That is an excellent question. The connection to Biden has emerged a week after Atkinson, the intelligence community's inspector general, briefed the House Intelligence Committee on the whistleblower's complaint. After the report on what Atkinson said, lawyers for the whistleblower immediately insisted their client was not motivated by political considerations, but their cryptic comment fueled speculation about his identity. The careful statement did not rule out that the whistleblower worked with one of the candidates before they started running for president. Quote, first, our, can- our client has never worked for or advised a political candidate, campaign, or party, said Andrew Bacaj and Mike Mark Zaid, two of his lawyers. Second, our client has spent their entire government career in political, apolitical civil servant positions in the executive branch. Joe Biden. Now, let's analyze this when we return. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. 
It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. Boy, oh boy. So it's Joe Biden. Biden worked with the whistleblower when he was vice president. Officials reveal. Now this should blow the lid off this. I said a few days ago, didn't I, Rich, that Biden, or yesterday, that Biden calling for the impeachment that the President of the United States was an effort by Biden to use the Democrats in the House to interfere with this election and take down his opponent should he be the nominee. The lawyers kept this secret. Schiff kept this secret. Pelosi kept this secret. And the media, for the most part, kept this secret. But the Washington Examiner broke the story. And I want to salute the Washington Examiner, Rob Crilly, of course. You should get a Pulitzer Prize, but you won't. You'll be dismissed as right-wing media. You'll be dismissed. But I've said from day one, and that clown, and he really is a court gesture, Stephen Colbert, a.k.a. Stephen Colbert, thought it was funny. When I was on Fox and Friends Sunday, and I said, I want to know everything there is to know about this person. Everything. So we, the people, can make a judgment. This is how the Democrats knew that this guy was so wonderful and so noble. Excuse me. This is why they wanted to keep his identity secret. This is why the president is absolutely in his rights under our Constitution to fight what the House of Representatives is doing via the Democrat Party. It's Joe Biden. That's who it is. We should have known. I suspected, but I can't say because he's been at the White House as vice president. Hiring can be a challenge, as Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered. Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow her team. That's why she went to ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It goes out and it finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified candidates. She also used ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. And that's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter, folks, for free at our web address, 
ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. ZipRecruiter.com slash L-E-V-I-N. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. The smartest way to hire. The news again is that Joe Biden worked with the so-called whistleblower when he was vice president, officials reveal. Of course, it makes sense. Since Joe Biden was at the White House as vice president in the old executive office building. And this spy was, uh, excuse me, this career CIA analyst was sent over to the White House. He's a holdover. And again, the 2020 Democratic candidate with whom the CIA whistleblower had a professional ties, Joe Biden, according to intelligence officers and former White House officials. Lawyers for the whistleblower said he had worked only in the executive branch. The Washington Examiner has established that he is a career CIA analyst, detailed to the National Security Council at the White House, and has since left. And the uh, Inspector General of the Intelligence Community is a disgrace. Could have saved the nation a lot of trouble if this had been revealed early on. That's Michael Atkinson. He told members of Congress the whistleblower had a professional tie to a 2020 Democratic candidate, but he didn't say who. A retired CIA officer told the Washington Examiner, from everything we know about the whistleblower and his work in the executive branch, <clears throat> there was absolutely no doubt he would have been working with Biden when he was vice president. Again, as an experienced CIA official on the NSC with deep knowledge of Ukraine that he demonstrated in his complaint, it's probable the whistleblower briefed Biden and likely that he accompanied him on Air Force Two during at least one of the six visits the 2020 candidate made to the country. A former Trump administration official speaking on condition of anonymity to discuss intelligence matters said Biden's work on foreign affairs brought him into close proximity with the whistleblower either at the CIA or when he was detailed to the White House. This person, after working with Biden, may feel defensive towards him because he feels Biden is being falsely attacked. Maybe he's even talking to Biden's staff, the former official said. Maybe it's innocent, maybe not. Well, I'd say it's not. No, I'd say it's not. Remember, they were attacking Trump and his tweets, too. Remember that? Trump said the guy's political. You can't prove that. You can't prove that, Mr. President. But he's right again. He's right again. And isn't it amazing? Washington Examiner figures this out. New York Slimes? No. Washington Compost? No. Constipated News Network? No. MSLSD? No. None of them. First, our client has never worked for or advised a political candidate, campaigner, party, said Andrew Bakaj and Mark Zide. And they've been all over there trying to depoliticize what is a very political person and activity here. They're trying to do a little hit on me. I'm waiting for it to come out so I can expose them over their PolitiFact, which is part of a very left-wing operation called Pointer. P-O-Y-N-T-O-R. I can't wait to get into that, but we'll wait. We'll wait for them. And uh, Glenn Carl, a former CIA officer who himself blew the whistle on George W. Bush administration efforts to collect intel on an American citizen, said the distinction was crucial. The truth is, the whistleblower would have worked with Biden, not in some partisan political sense, but as a member of the government. It is scurrilous to suppose there was a political motivation. Yeah, right. 
secondhand information. He goes to meet Adam Schiff's staffer, but not the Republican staffer. He doesn't reveal to the Inspector General that he met with an Adam Schiff staffer. He hires lawyers, including one who had connections to Schumer and Clinton, and a law firm that was working with and had connection to an ultra-left-wing nonprofit. Scarlet to assume it's political, folks. So what do you think about this? Ah, I think it's a big deal, don't you? Steve, Long Island, New York, the great WABC, go. Hi, I wanted to comment on China as it relates to both the athletes and the Bidens. You know, these athletes are some of the same athletes that, you know, vis-a-vis the U.S., they want to argue, and, you know, and I'm black also, so this is not some white nationalist. <laughs> they want to argue right. for reparations or tearing down statues because of something that was done all over the world a couple of hundred years ago. Um, but at the same time, they're not only going to shut up while they're in China, they're going to watch what they say here because they're going to make sure their shoes get sold and all their other stuff that gets, happens in China um, doesn't get affected because they so get true. off. And by the same token... It, China knows whatever happened to give their business to Hunter Biden. So in that regard, uh, Joe Biden could be compromised. And even if it wasn't illegal, what positions are he gonna, is he going to take when he knows that if he upsets by statement or policy the Chinese, they can wipe out his son's company? First of all, this is, a brilliant, this is a brilliant point. What you're saying is they can blackmail Biden. Blackmail him or... or even if they don't out now do it, he's going to be thinking about this position might cause them to withdraw all these funds from Hunter's company and, and do how am I going to react to that? Mm-hmm. Look That's what they've a- done for just a little tweet. They've shut down, a whole, you know, they're starting to shut down the entire relationship with the Rockets and threatening other relationships with the NBA. You think they're not going to have some kind of blowback if if Biden takes a more significant policy as a president? These are great points. Really, really good points. And I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks for your call, Steve. Tom, Glendora, California. 870 The Answer. The great KRLA. Go. Hey, thank you, Mark. That was a brilliant caller who just uh, called in. I agree with you. Mark, I'd like to thank you so much for defending freedom relentlessly. It's never been, as you know, more under severe grave attack than now that I can remember. And I really applaud what you did in rightly calling out the obsequious, sniveling, cowardly, yellow-bellied eunuchs who prostitute themselves and tell the Hong Kong people, we don't give a damn about you fighting for your freedom so valiantly against the most evil, stinking, satanic regime in the world, Red China, that has killed millions of people in the most heinous ways. These guys are disgusting. If they're American citizens, whether they be businessmen or uh, like James Harden, the gutless guy on the Houston Rockets that loves China. These guys, Mark, ought to be ashamed of themselves. They disgrace this nation. They disgrace the brave veterans who fought and died to give them the freedom to act like the cowards they are. They disgrace 
discussed the found they they disgraced rather pardon me they disgraced the founding fathers mark these guys are prostitutes of the most vile kind they make a normal prostitute who all right all right all right, all right, all right, all right. I, I get your point i appreciate it thank you very very much and i get the sentiment and the passion i really do we've been lectured by many of these folks Many of these folks, these coaches, Steve Kerr, who all of a sudden is mum, that clown at San Antonio, uh, other players about systemic racism in our country and inequality in our country and how Trump is this and Trump is that and I'll never visit Trump and so forth. Here you have a truly evil, massive police state and regime that has gulags gulags with millions of people in them who are being raped and tortured who are having their organs removed while they're alive murdering people they disappear monitoring everyone monitoring everything who are destroying Christian churches who are destroying Muslims period and Tibetans who are threatening the United States we love China That's what they say. And they got billions of dollars at stake, says Charles Barkley. You want to know why certain people are great people in times of tyranny? Because they step away from the mob mentality and the groupthink. Unlike Charles Barkley and the other hacks who think this is all fun and games and all about their shoes and their basketballs and their games. It's not. People lives, people's lives are at stake. And the fact that China can reach into our country and impose censorship in various corporations and sporting leagues is incredible to me. Absolutely despicable. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. Few things in life can change your entire outlook on the day. Call from your boss asking you to work the weekend. Early construction right outside your bedroom window in the morning you wanted to sleep in. Now these will ruin your day. How about when your check engine light comes on? Now, that usually means thousands of dollars in repairs. 
That's why I have CarShield on our 2010 Camaro. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair super easy. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work. It's up to you. They also provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. CarShield administrators have paid out close to $2 billion in claims, and they're ready to help you. Don't let your check engine light change your life. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection like we did. Call 800-CAR-6000. Mention code LEVIN. 800-CAR-6000. Code LEVIN. Or go online and visit carshield.com. Code LEVIN. L-E-V-I-N. Carshield.com. Code LEVIN. Either way, you'll save 10%. That's carshield.com. Code LEVIN. Or call 800-CAR-6000. Mention code LEVIN. A deductible may apply. Tim, Pasadena, California, 870 The Answer. You know, Tim, my wife and I were in Pasadena this weekend for a KRLA event. And I'm going to tell you, that is a re- really nice town. It we is. walked through your old town there. We, uh, we had lunch there and dinner there. You got old-time bakeries there. I mean, it's a really nice town. It is. It's a really nice town with a lot of nice people, and that's why yep. I love it. You're on, baby. Okay, so you remember a few months ago when President Trump said that China was one of our biggest adversaries slash uh, they were a competitor. And Joe Biden got up in front of the TV cameras and said, China's our competitor? No way. They're not. He even said, we can eat their lunch, man. Remember that? Exactly. Makes you see that in a different light now that this is all coming out with the uh, Hunter Biden stuff. And what about this caller, a couple of callers below? I thought he was absolutely profound when he said, he said that Biden can be blackmailed by the Chinese. And if they want to harm Hunter Biden and his investments, assuming they, they're still able to do so, they could shut him down. Easily. Easily. Well, thank well, you very much, Mark. We love the show. Thanks, Tim. You take care of yourself. Dan DeMoyne, Iowa, XM Satellite. Go. Hey, Mark. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on uh, uh, everything these liberals do. Boomerangs right back on them. This guy trying to, this whistleblower, so-called, trying to stick up for his man Biden, doing what he done, uh, torpedoed his front-runner Sanders and probably sunk his campaign for him. Uh, that's the way they want to work. I'm all for it. Yeah, everything they do when it comes back on them and sink them, I'm all for it. Me too. Now, the media is not going to play it the way that it should. It's not going to play it straight. Uh, they're going to they're gonna spin this. So what's the big deal? He worked with Biden. He was in the White House and so forth and so on. And you'll notice most of the television stations haven't gone with this yet. So what they're doing is they're calling all their sources to see if this is accurate. They're calling the lawyers for the so-called whistleblower to see how to spin this. So they're trying to continue their narrative and they're trying to protect their left-wing kook brands. That's what's going on right now. That's why you're not seeing on the cryons, the chirons on the various uh, stations right now saying, breaking news, it's Biden, which is what it ought to say. They ought to say. Yeah, I believe eventually it will come back on them and, and bite them in the rear even harder than it already has. All right, my friend. Thank you. It certainly makes Biden's call for impeachment look incredibly self-serving, even more so than yesterday, doesn't it? 
These lawyers who have been spinning left and right, they knew this guy had connections to Biden. Even if he's not political, it's obvious when he wrote this document with secondhand information and went to Adam Schiff's staffer and the way he played this, it's quite obvious the guy's in Biden's corner and trying to harm Trump. That's my conclusion. Another powerful hour. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, Of course, the big news tonight is the breaking story in the Washington Examiner that the 2020 Democrat presidential candidate with whom the rogue Democrat partisan CIA operative was associated was Joe Biden. It's according to the Washington Examiner. It looks like it's quite a, uh, a strong report. The President of the United States will soon be speaking in Minneapolis. We'll take some of that live. We have our buddy Sebastian Gorka at the bottom of the hour. We've got a lot going on this hour. A lot going on this hour. Now, I've talked two days in a row about the Kurds in Syria. You know how I feel about this. I feel very badly about what's, what's happened and the official position of the United States government. And what I would like to hear now, quite frankly, is some of the suggestions the president had if the Turks go into northern Syria and start attacking the Kurds. He talked about obliterating their economy. He talked about additional sanctions and so forth. So I think this is what needs to happen. Certainly some significant sanctions. Um. I'm just going, the president promised that, and I hope the president delivers on that because uh, I I just can't stand watching what's going on with these people. Portland Trailblazers, writes Adam Credo at the Washington Free Beacon, the Portland Trailblazers joined the boycott against Israel. It's amazing. Team severs ties with company that works with Israeli defense forces. The Portland Trailblazers announced that they have severed relations with a company that does business with Israel following a pressure campaign by activists tied to the anti-Semitic boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement. As the NBA is facing outrage after the general manager of the Houston Rockets capitulated to censorship by the Chinese Communist government, now the trailblazers quietly sever ties with the manufacturer Leopold, L-E-U-P-O-L-D, which has a contract to produce accessories for the Israeli Defense Forces. The Trailblazers president and CEO Chris McGowan recently announced the decision to bow to pressure from BDS activists, telling a reporter for the Bleacher Report that Leopold is no longer a part of the organization. The move was celebrated by anti-Israel activists and picked up by the pro-BDS blog Mondo Weiss, 
which stated that the decision came after a year-long campaign by local activists to pressure the Blazers to drop the sponsor. These, these guys are so gutless. The NBA has been facing fierce backlash following the fallout from the Rockets incident. The controversy erupted after the Rockets general manager tweeted and subsequently deleted a tweet expressing support for the pro-democracy protesters being met with violence by the Chinese government. And so now we have the Portland Trailblazers buckling into the anti-Semitic BDS movement and cutting ties with a company from which the Israeli IDF purchases products. I'll tell you what, sports in this country, it's just incredible, isn't it? Let's see here. Let's go to Joe Scarborough. I like to go to Joe because he's a good foil. When you want to deal with somebody who is mentally unhinged and low in the IQ category, is there a better person to go to than Joe Scarborough? No, I don't think so. Cut nine from today. Go. And let me just say, what every single Republican knows. Now stop. Joe Scarborough talks for, talks for every single Republican. Like every single Republican knows. Sounds like a valley girl, doesn't he, Mr. Producer? Like every single Republican knows. Go ahead. And let me just say, what every single Republican knows. What every Republican on Capitol Hill knows. What's that, Don- dummy? Go ahead. Trump is not well. Donald Trump's not emotionally fit to be president, Republicans, and you know it. He's not mentally fit to be president of the United States right now, and you know it. This is outrageous stuff from this clown. And you know it. You know it. I say it, so you know it. What a jerk. The morning schmo has no ratings. They wish they'd put that up on a website. He has no ratings. I wonder what he's going to say about the Biden revelation. Well, that doesn't mean anything, and you know it. You know it, all you Hitlerians out there who support Trump. You know it. You know I know. You know it. But I meant to circle back to Christina McFarland. Who? Exactly. CNN reporter at a press conference yesterday where she tries to ask James Harden and Russell Westbrook about China. This is the cut I meant to go to, but take a listen to this. Cut 10, go. Christina McFarland, CNN. Um, The NBA has always been a league that prides itself on its player and its coaches being able to speak out openly about political and societal affairs. I just wonder, after the events of this week and the fallout we've seen, whether you would both feel differently about speaking out in that way in future. Um, It's a legitimate question. This is an event that's happened this week during during the NBA. This particular question has not been. So this unknown female is cutting off the reporter. Cutting off the reporter. Can't answer questions like that. We might tick off the communist Chinese government. Where does this slippery slope end? 
Where does this slippery slope end? Look at the boycott with Israel. Look at this. The NBA is becoming a joke, in my humble opinion. I mean, the NBA has been involved in all kinds of political talk, particularly when it's attacking the president and his agenda. Political talk of the left. Does the left not have a problem with genocide taking place in China? Does the NBA not have a problem with genocide taking place in China? Do its players not have a problem with genocide taking place in China? Torture, rape, slavery, any problems with any of that happening in China? Apparently not. And fans, you better be quiet too. Oh, and over at ESPN, the memo's out. It's all over the internet. Their hosts have to be quiet too. Now, if you want to trash Trump, you want to trash Trump, you want to support impeachment, you want to trash, you know, American history, go for it. You want to trash your own country? Not a problem. China? No. Why? Because of Charles Barkley's declaration. That we're nuts, you see, because there's billions of dollars at stake here. Of course the NBA and, uh, and its players aren't going to take off China. Oh. Like I said earlier in the program, now you know what heroes are really made of. When they stood up to the Third Reich, when they stood up to Mao's China, when they stood up to Stalin, when they stood up against slavery. Now you know what they're really like. It's easy to talk about history and condemn your country today, particularly a free country where there's no consequence. In fact, you'll be celebrated. But when you're really looking in the eye of evil in a police state, that doesn't really give a damn about your liberties. They're antithetical to what they stand for. Then all of a sudden they buckle. Then all of a sudden they're cowards. Isn't it funny? I thought they had enough money. We're going to have a wealth tax and so Aren't they going to vote for a leftist who has a wealth tax in mind? Don't they support 60, 70, 80% upper marginal tax rates? Don't they support redistribution of wealth, the left, over at ESPN and the ownership at Disney and, and the big owners over there at the NBA and the players and so forth? They're almost all leftists, liberals at least. Not all, but most. You never hear from a conservative coach, do you? Or a conservative player, do you? I don't even know of one. Do you, Mr. Producer? I have to check with Stephen A. He would know. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right. Let's go to Rhonda, Smithville, Tennessee on XM Satellite. How are you? I am doing well. I hope you get over your illness real quick, Mark. I'm sure I will. I'm very sick of liberals, though. I don't think I'll ever get over that. I understand that one. I don't think that Biden is going to suffer from uh, being connected with this whistleblower or so-called whistleblower. I think it's going to be a resume enhancer. (laughs) I mean, the Democrats want any way possible to get rid of Trump. The never Trumpers want to get rid of Trump. And he's he's going to vault to the top. It, it, it is useful if the Republicans and the White House know how to use it. That is, it changes the narrative. Uh, you got Biden all over this thing now. You got Biden 
calling the Ukraine, telling them to fire the prosecutors looking into the company that hired his son, or he's going to blackmail them with a billion dollars in taxpayer support. You've got Biden now calling for the impeachment of the president of the United States, when in fact, this phony whistleblower uh, had a professional relationship with him. The goal is, is not to persuade the hardcore Democrats or persuade the media. The goal is to reach out to the rest of the country so they can see what's taking place. I think this is helpful to a point. Well, I'm hoping it is. I am uh, following your lead, though, with your Unfreedom of the Press book, and I'm asking all my social media friends to do what I am doing. And it, you gave me this idea. All I pass on on social media is actual transcripts, screenshots, audio or video from the horse's mouth. I'm not passing on anybody else's opinions. Um, the only thing I'm putting out there is the actual real news and facts. And uh, I, I hope that more people can do that. That, that I, That's why modern technology is the enemy of the modern-day mass Democrat Party media. It is the enemy. Competition, new platforms, new technologies. It's the enemy of the, uh, of the mass media today, and that's a good thing. Well, I have noticed a lot of my friends are, um, from reading your book and from talking with each other, we're ignoring all the static and ignoring the polls, not passing those things on. Well, you, you, know, it, you know, it's interesting. The Fox poll that had 51% of the people they polled supporting impeachment, do you know 48% of the sample were Democrats? That, that, you're, you're, you're weighting the sample toward the Democrats. Sure. Okay, sure. well, 51% of the public doesn't support impeachment unless you weight the sample. All right, Rhonda, thank you for your call, my friend. Let us continue. Scott, Rapid City, South Dakota, the great KKLS. Go. Hey, Mark. Hello. Hey, first-time caller, long-time listener, love your show. Wanted to tell you about Hong Kong and how wonderful it was to live there. Yes. And it it was such a great place that when my family came to pick me up at the end of my – I got to – do a nonprofit work out there, and they came pick me up, and it was one of the greatest places that you could let your. I said my sister could walk around, and I wouldn't have to be afraid of it. And to see everybody so afraid, and and they're protesting, and they're standing up for freedoms, and it really makes me sad seeing what they're doing there. And it's all about extradition. Like we say things about China, and well, well, it was, and we were on their list. it, it, It. it was. It's not anymore because that front group government pulled back on that, and the people are concerned. They still want their liberty and their right. Oh, yeah. It's so sad. And it's sad to see the. I mean, the British had them sign that document saying that they would have their freedoms for 70 years, and, and it's just sad to see the crackdown. And, and I just wish there was more we could do. The Chinese government cheats. It lied. And uh, it is not leaving the people alone. And let me tell you, that police force there is now uh, uh, being operated by the Chinese military. I have no question about that, using live ammunition and that sort of thing. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. Mr. Producer, I just lost the call screen. Who's next? 
Glenview, I assume that's California. Well, no, WLS country, that is Chicago, Illinois area. Uh, right. How are you, that's Sarah? That's right, that's me, Sarah yep. in Glenview, Illinois. You there got are it. a few of us conservatives still living here. Just a few, but we're here. Right. Now, if Pelosi and Schiff are conducting uh, a lawless impeachment, and they make up the rules as they go along, so it's like the wild, wild west, we, we don't want to recognize this uh, as legitimate, but two can play the same game. Schiff can make demands for documents, White House witnesses, uh, in order to give the appearance of a Trump cover-up and obstruction when the pre- president refuses to go along with this uh, circus. But for every Schiff demand, how would it look if the president's team responds with a counter-demand for Schiff, and you've referred to this in the past, Schiff, Schiff's phone records and texts? Uh, have the, uh, so well, well let, me, let, me, let me slow you down. The president can't really do that. I mean, it, 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 in an impeachment process, the people who should do that are the Republicans on the committee. They're the ones who should do it. And maybe some of them talk to the media in ways they shouldn't. Maybe that's what they're concerned about. But I think we have every right to know about the discussion Schiff had with this so-called whistleblower, the lawyers. We don't have to take their word for anything anymore, and we shouldn't. Right. But I agree with you conceptually. This is something that we ought to do. Press Schiff. It's amazing. You know, the Freedom of Information Act, that applies to the executive branch. It doesn't apply to Congress. Are you aware of that? I am now. They exempt themselves from transparency. They have this envoy uh, to the Ukraine, uh, former envoy. His name is Volker. He's here ten and a half hours behind closed doors. The Republicans say his testimony was devastating to the shift media narrative. They leak a handful of cherry-picked text messages out where the news media is saying these are devastating to the president, devastating to the president. The Republicans are demanding that the entire transcript be released, and they won't release it. These same people who want a grand jury information in the Mueller investigation won't release their own transcript of a deposition. That's what the president's up against, and that's why he doesn't want to play with these guys, and I don't blame him. There's nothing that compels him to. All right? Thank you. All right, take care. My screen is down. I can't see anything. XM Satellite, Mark in Florida, quickly, please go. Hi, it's an honor to speak with you, sir. I am uh, actually calling up. I I think our president's doing a beautiful job. I'm actually a registered Democrat that voted for Trump. Good. Um, Three of my friends are Democrats as well that have also voted for Trump. We need you. We need you. We need as many of you as we can get. All right, my friend. That music means I got to go. I apologize to you. We'll be right back. Mark Levin, the cure for the common liberal. Talk to Mark now at 877-381-3811. So Nancy Pelosi and her Politburo announced their formal impeachment inquiry despite knowing how rapidly unpopular it would be. We all know it's just another sleazy tactic to try and appease their small radical base and to get taxpayer-funded opposition research for the 2020 election. But predictably, the Democrat Party media 
have been lavishly supporting this clown show while they refuse to cover the real news. News like Biden's son's shady dealings with the Ukraine and Red China are the facts behind the so-called whistleblower. Well, Levin TV, we do cover the actual news, the news that really matters. And sometimes I personally break it, and I break it down while providing context, history, philosophy, and so much more. We don't have sponsors or commercials, nor Big Brother looking over my shoulder dictating what I say. We're completely beholden to you and you alone. Give us a try today by going to levintv.com, L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com. Sign up and enter code LEVIN, and you'll get $10 off your annual subscription. That's levintv.com, promo code LEVIN, for 10 bucks off your annual subscription. Sebastian Gorka is one of the great patriots out there, articulate, smart, and courageous. And he's written a beautiful new book, The War for America's Soul. Sebastian, how are you, my friend? Very well. It's been a long time since we spoke. Great one. I think it was Sunday. <laughs> it was indeed. <laughs> At a great event in Los Angeles, as a matter of fact. Um, tell me and tell the audience what motivated you to write this book. Well, many things, but perhaps one of the most egregious was my experience at the graduation of my daughter from college earlier this year. Um, It was a beautiful day. I wanted it to be my my daughter's day after four years of college, summa cum laude, phi beta kappa. Um, And after the graduation, after this lovely ceremony in this ancient quad in a rather liberal college, this young girl walked up to me, a uh, little slip of a girl, could have been maybe 19 years old, maybe 95 pounds, dripping, dripping wet. And she looked at me and she said, are you Sebastian Gorka? And I said, yes. Are you the Sebastian Gorka that worked for Donald Trump in the White House? And I said, yes, that's me. To which, uh, in front of witnesses, parents, other students, she said, well, then F you, you effing Nazi. Um... That's the level of indoctrination we have in this country today. That's how 52% of millennials would prefer to live in a socialist or communist country. And um, I went up to that girl afterwards in front of her mother, I think it was, and her godmother, her uh, grandmother, and I said, my parents suffered as children under real fascism, under Nazi occupation, and then my father was arrested and tortured by communist secret police. Who the hell do you think you are to call me a Nazi? So, so Mark, Mark, we have a lot of work to do in this country. Your book on freedom of the press is part of the pushback on political correctness, and the war for America's soul is my attempt to uh, claw back the republic uh, as it should be, a shining city on a hill like Ronald Reagan taught us. This is a great book. It's readable, and it's easy to understand, and yet you raise some very, very important points here, too. Chapter 3. The plotters and their plan to destroy America. Tell us who they are and what they're doing. Yeah, chapter three is is my attempt to give uh, readers uh, across the nation the real chapter and verse of the fact that this isn't a conspiracy theory. The left's desire to take down our nation uh, and to take it into some nightmare of a socialist communist future has been percolating for decades. People need to know that uh, uh, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, the the Bernie Sanders, the uh, Rashida Tlaib, 
Talibs, the Ilhan Omars, they are just the end product of more than 80 years of plotting. You go back to Antonio Gramsci, an Italian communist in a, in a prison cell who wrote the, the first works on how to take down a great nation like America, all through the Frankfurt School, Marcuse, uh, all through to Saul Alinsky. This, this is a progression, and people need to know the names, the plotters, the, and the plans they have, and, and, and how the Democrat Party has become the radical left-wing party of anti-Semites and America haters. So I give you all the names, all the dates, and, and, and provide the evidence for how this isn't a coincidence that we are where we are today. This has been a, a conspiracy long in the making, Mark. And you also raise the question of whether this president can stop them. Can he stop right. them? Uh, only if if we help him, if all your listeners across the nation, the millions of people that listen to you, Mark, become an active part of, of Team Trump to take back this country. You, you know the left. They're, they're like a hive mind. They're like the Borg from Star Trek. Uh, they will come out in force. They will bus people to the polling stations. Every single American who loves this country, who is impressed by the results of the last three years, not only has to go and vote and get their friends to vote. We have to stand up for the truth. We have to call out the liars, the propagandists every single day until they are shamed into inaction or simply we make it impossible for them to indoctrinate any other Americans. The book is The War for America's Soul. Obviously, you know that voice. It's Sebastian Gorka. But you know what? You point out it's not just the hardcore Marxists. No. We have the elites. Tell us about the elites. Yeah, I, I don't know about you. I, I don't read. I don't have time for autobiographies. I, I, I you know, I'm not interested. You know, no. what, what did what did Eisenhower have for breakfast on February the twelfth, nineteen forty one? Um, I've read one autobiography in the last twenty years, and it changed my life. And that's uh, J. D. Vance's uh, The Hillbilly Elegy, and and my chapter on 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 that experience um, taught me that that this nation has been betrayed by both the left and the right for about 50 years. Uh, I said it when I was in the White House working for the president. I've said it since I left. Donald Trump became president despite the GOP, not thanks to the GOP. So I, I chronicle how you know the, the, the lifeblood of America, the people who live in what is derisively called the flyover states, uh, they have been betrayed by a political elite who have simply promised one thing, arrived in the swamp and done exactly the opposite, whether it's outsourcing jobs to China, whether it's uh, not doing anything about the 72,000 people that die every year as a result of overdoses. You know, this, this is a time for us to wake up, and that's why we elected a rank outsider to be president. And who are these elites? Look, these elites are those people who think that they know better than the American people. These are the people who, on both left, whether it's the Democrats who think you can impeach the president for having a phone call about fighting corruption with the Ukrainian head of state, or whether it's the GOP rhinos who do nothing to protect this president. The last three years is an indictment of the GOP. The fact that out of hundreds of people with a letter R behind their name, only a handful of them have had this president's back. People like Lee Zeldin, Matt Gates, Devin Nunes, Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan. The idea that a, you know, a dozen men and women have, have supported this president tells you that the swamp is wide and it includes, unfortunately, a lot of people who putatively are Republicans. 
The book is The War for America's Soul. You can get it on Amazon.com, any major bookstore. You can go through my social sites, you folks who visit it. We have it linked up there, Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. What do you make of the story in the Washington Examiner that broke about an hour ago that this so-called whistleblower's 2020 presidential Democrat candidate uh, that he had a professional relationship with was Joe Biden? This is yet another piece of incontrovertible evidence that the deep state is real. The second chapter of my book is my experience with the deep state working in the White House uh, and the fact that we have had, and, and the, the word coup is the right word, the fact that the last administration under Obama used the intelligence community at the highest levels, John Brennan of the CIA, uh, James Comey at the FBI, to circumvent our U.S. Constitution, to spy on American citizens illegally, that's continuing today, whether it's leaks to the press, this DIA officer who was arrested this week, or whether it's this fake whistleblower who's, who's a hearsay blower being funded by Soros and others to come out and attack the president for doing things that are not crimes, that are part of his job. What, why are we surprised that one of the most corrupt politicians in Washington, Joe Biden, is linked to the whistleblower, a man whose son made one and a half billion dollars thanks to the communist Bank of China, the National Bank of China. Seb Gorka, you actually have an exclusive interview with the President of the United States in your book. Correct, yes. As, as part of the book uh, earlier this year, I asked my old boss if we could ask him about uh, the deep state, about the successes of the MAGA agenda, and how bad the left will uh, get in the last uh, 390 days before the election. So got to go back to the White House, sit in the Oval Office, and talk to him for almost an hour. And that's the bonus chapter in uh, The War for America's Soul, an exclusive interview with the president. And how was his spirit? His, this is the remarkable thing, Mark, yep, ever yep. I've seen him. Uh, I've seen him several times. I've had dinner in the White House since I left. His spirits are always, always ready for the fight. This is one of the greatest mistakes, and I'm glad for it, the left has made. They don't understand that this man revels in fighting for the republic. He is empowered when they come after him, when they attack him, his family, anybody who works for him. This is like, you know, if he, if he has a new U.S. Uh, Secret Service code name, it should be Honey Badger, because <laughs> Donald J. Trump never gives up, and he will never give up fighting for America. Your book is really terrific, and you write the way you speak, which I think is very important. I try to. I try yeah. to, yeah. And you did it here uh, fabulously, and I want folks you to go out there and get your copy of The War for America's Soul. You can go hit it tonight on Amazon.com or any bookstore. Um, I know this uh, Ronan What's-His-Face, his book's climbing to the top because it's about sex at NBC and so forth. Right. But uh, all the Venites out there, I want to encourage you to get this book by our buddy Sebastian Gorka, The War for America's Soul. Thank you, my friend. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Mark, and thank you for your endorsement and everything that you've done for this republic and continue to do every day. And you too, brother. You take care. It really is a very, very good book. Uh, I was reading it on the flight back uh, from California over the weekend. Got through about three-fourths of the book. I know you're going to like it. We'll be right back. You know, it's enforced compliance season. If you owe the IRS, you need to take action because the IRS can garnish your paycheck, seize your bank account, and put a lien on your home. Don't wait until it's too late, folks. Call Optima Tax Relief while you still have options. 
They've resolved over a billion dollars in tax debt for folks just like you. Optimus steps between you and the IRS, fighting on your behalf to help stop the demand letters and aggressive collection actions so you can get your life back. No one is more skilled, no one, at solving tough IRS problems than Optima Tax Relief. Call now and ask about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. And if you qualify, you can save thousands. You deserve a fresh start. Call Optima now for your free consultation. Free consultation. 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. That's the president in the background. We'll go there live. They've been very nice. And today I got a call from one of the top representatives. He said... Congratulations, Mr. President, on having a truly great, great economy. That's pretty nice. We picked up since the election trillions of dollars in value, and China has lost trillions of dollars in value. I will say this. If our opponent had won that election, you know what would have happened? Right now, China would become the night it would be the number one economy anywhere in the world. And right now, I can tell you, they're not even close. Our country is stronger than ever before because we are proudly putting, for the first time in a long time, we are putting America first. to say there are a lot of very beautiful red t-shirts in the audience that was a record sale they did very well and i'll tell you what cops love trump trump loves cops Our bold pursuit of this pro-American agenda has enraged, and you know what's happened? It's enraged the failed ruling class in Washington. Not easy to get them out, but we're doing it slowly but surely. These corrupt politicians and the radical leftists got rich, bleeding America dry, and they knew that my election would finally end their pillaging and looting of our country. And that's what they were doing. And that's what they continued to try and do. That is why from day one, the wretched Washington swamp has been trying to nullify the results of a truly great and democratic election, the election of 2016. They're trying. They're not getting very far. They want to erase your vote like it never existed. 
They want to erase your voice and they want to erase your future. But they will fail because in America, the people rule again. Do you remember that just 19 minutes after I raised my hand and took the oath of office, the Washington Post, a terrible newspaper, that doesn't know how to write the truth, published a story, and in this case, they might have gotten it pretty correct. They said, the campaign to impeach President Trump has begun. That was the headline. Little did we know they weren't playing games. Think of that. That was 19 minutes after the oath of office. Months earlier, Peter struck. Remember, he and his lover, Lisa Page. What a group. She's going to win. 10 million to one, she's going to win. I'm telling you, Peter. I'm telling you, Peter, she's going to win. Peter, oh, I love you so much. <laughs> I love you, Peter. I love you too, Lisa. At least I love you. Lisa, Lisa, oh God, I love you, Lisa. And if she doesn't win, Lisa, we've got an insurance policy, Lisa. We'll get that son of a bitch out. We got an insurance policy. And we're living through the insurance policy, that's what it is. The phony Russia hoax. Lisa, I love you. Now, the do-nothing Democrat con artists and scammers are getting... All right, desperate. folks. It's time to end the program. I'm blessed to have you out there. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and all you folks who protect us. Thank you. This is why we love this. <laughs> he, he is terrific. And I'm going to leave the air, and I'll turn on the TV and watch him. God bless you all. See you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.